Welcome to First Things First, the weekly podcast where we talk about God, faith, and life in Shallow Water, Texas. Uh, First Things First is a production of First Shallow Water, First Baptist Church, Shallow Water. Each week we, we get to meet people from our church, from our community, from even all around the world. And we talk about things that matter uh, to us in the church, in our town. Um, I'm Brad Miles. I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church, Shallow Water. And uh, today, as a guest on our podcast, we have Mr. Joe Longway. Uh, Joe is a grow group leader at our church, and and uh, and he, so he teaches one of our grow groups, and he's uh, he's serving in leadership at our church. We're so grateful to have Joe and uh, and his wife. How long have you guys been at, at First Baptist Shallow? Not not super long. Uh, well, members not very long, but <laughs> but. Uh, We've we've been going here for about fifteen years. Oh, whoa! Okay, that no, that I did know that I did know y'all been around for a long time. Yes, sir. but just joined the church uh, maybe a couple years ago, one year ago. Well, we we joined after you became the that's pastor. That's right. Yes, yeah, sir. that's right. It's been since I've been here, which is only a year. So, yes, uh, so so grateful to have you guys in our church, and uh, and it's been a super fun getting to know you too. You know. So uh, anyway, uh, so Joe, t- talk a little bit about yourself. Uh, t- you know, give us tell tell everybody about your family. You know, anything that you feel like that people the essential Joe Longway. Right? What do people really need to know about you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, most people at Shallow Water know me as uh, Ms. Longway's husband. Yes, that's so, right. So uh, uh, Kendria, my wife, uh, she's she's a teacher at the middle school, uh-huh. and right now she teaches uh, reading intervention. Yeah. And we're empty nesters. Okay. Uh, we have three adult children. Okay. Uh, the oldest is a nurse practitioner in Dallas. Okay. And the middle one, uh, she has the rank of commander. She's a police officer Sweet. in New Mexico. Yeah. And then the youngest just left our house today. She's a traveler a nurse and uh, uh, her new duty assignment is going to be in McKinney, Texas for the next 12 weeks. So, okay. Well, so mom, that's going to be tough. a little sad. Today, McKinney, so. Texas, it's <laughs> tough living out there, man. That, that, it's, it is blowing up in that part of the Dallas area, man. It's just, it's crazy over there, man. It really is. So she's a traveling nurse. Yes. Her, her last assignment was in Savannah, Georgia, and okay. Baba did not like that. So okay. she's yeah. glad she's back to Texas. Much closer. Yes. Much closer to home. Yes. That's a big thing right now, the traveling nurse thing. I mean, because of the shortage in the in the healthcare industry, there's a, a lot of folks that I mean you can make a really good living if you're willing to travel around and, and serve places. How long does she serve at each place usually? Uh she could do extensions. They're usually about twelve weeks uh without an extension. Oh, and, okay. Uh, but she really loves it. I, I, I'm. We're real proud of our kids. None of them wanted to be teachers for some reason, but, <laughs> but uh, 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 I'm real proud of them that all of them decided to go into the service. Yeah, the service, some kind service. of service industry. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so you've got uh, a nurse, you've got a, uh, a an officer, a, a peace officer, yes, uh, and your oldest what? nurse practitioner. Nurse practitioner. So, yes, so two people in the medical profession. Yes, sir. Yes, all sir. right. It's been a crazy year for them, man, for sure. A couple of years. <laughs> yes. So, yes. so, all right. Well, what about yourself? Tell, what do we need to know about you, Joe? Well, so uh, I work for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Uh-huh. I, I've, uh, <clears throat> I will, I've really only had two adult jobs. I was, I was uh, uh, in the Air Force, and I was a, a law enforcement specialist in the Air Force. Got okay. out. And uh, then joined DPS, and I've been doing that for 33 years. Wow! So I was yeah. a trooper up in the Panhandle. Uh, I worked uh, narcotics in Houston. Wow! And in Amarillo. Okay. And uh, dragged my beautiful wife to Houston because they made me a lieutenant, and I ran a methamphetamine initiative group down there. Wow! 
and uh, she's a panhandle girl. She's from Fritch. Wow. So, uh, Houston, <laughs> Houston was way different for her. So uh, fun, funny story about that. I I, uh, I told her, I said, hey, uh, I'm putting in a transfer for Lubbock, but I don't know if I'll get it. Cause right. I'm seniority. Yeah. And uh, so I came home that night and all the bags were packed. And I'm like, uh, honey. And she said, I, I prayed to God. God told me you're going to get that job. That's right. I said, well, my bosses at Austin haven't, haven't talked to God yet, apparently. That's right. So uh, she came up and uh, started looking for a place in shallow, wow. shallow water. That's some faith uh, right and, there. And uh, I stayed 90 extra days in Houston and then wow. got to come home. Wow. So. You know, uh, I, I, I grew up for some of my life in East Texas. I lived in Nacogdoches, Texas, for just a couple hours north of Houston. I've been to Houston several times. And let me just say... <laughs> if you're listening, okay, if you're listening to the podcast and you're from Houston, I, I want you to know, I mean no disrespect, but believe me, you got to get up here to the panhandle, man. This is way better up here. This is way, way better. People want to, they want to make fun of us because of the scenery or whatever, because of the weather sometimes is weird. But, but I remember you, you get, you get out of your, you get out of your front door, of your house in Houston in the morning, in the summertime. And by the time you get to your car, you might walk 30 or 40 feet and I will be sweating through my shirt. And in 30 or 40 feet, I much prefer the dry heat of the panhandle. Let me just say that. Yes, sir. Me too. Me too. <laughs> this is God's country. That's no question about it. I think my favorite part of this part of the world, though, is the people that are living this part. Of it. And I don't care where you live. People always, people always say, the best thing is the people, blah, blah, blah. But listen, I've been in, I've been in 44 of the continental United States. Okay, I've been, I've been all over the place. There are the people in this part of the world are completely they're they're a unique breed. There's just not anybody like them, and uh, and I feel more at home in this part of the world than I do anywhere. So I, I love this. I love the Panhandle of Texas. I really do. And it's true. I the guys in Houston was like, why would you want to go back up there? Sure. And, I, and that's what I told them. It's the people. It. You, you 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 meet new friends in the grocery store line. Yeah, but in Houston, you're afraid to make eye contact. Yes, yeah. I, there's something about. I think part of it is because the people who settled this region, you know, you, it, it's a hard place to live, you know, and and surviving out here when they settled this region, the pioneers, it was tough. They had to depend on each other. Mm-hmm. So right from the beginning, the culture here has been really open. And uh, and you welcome new friends in, and you welcome new people to your community, and uh, and and that kind of has stuck around over the years. And so even when moving to a town like Shallow Water, which is you know a small town, three thousand some people, a lot of the kids in the school have gone to school, you know, their entire lives together, mm-hmm. you know. But my eighth grade daughter was, you know. I mean, right in the big middle of the whole thing, welcomed into all of the circles or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because people in this part of the world are just like that. So anyway, I, I love living here. So, uh, uh, and I've enjoyed it, and and uh, it's been fun to meet you. So, so law enforcement, thirty three years of law enforcement. Yes, so sir. yeah. Yes, sir. So you must love that. Right? I I do. We talked about it in uh, the grow group class today that uh, we were talking about comparisons and things yeah, like that, and yeah. not. You know, because you've been doing a great study on enough with Moses, uh-huh. and we were talking about, hey, what? Why do we always try to compare ourselves to people? Because right. I, I get we did some comparison devotionals uh, prepping for for your sermon this yeah. week, and uh, I was like, you know, I look at myself and 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 I'm like, I, I love what I do, uh-huh. and 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 I love uh, trying to help people, sure. and, and I feel blessed that this is what I've always wanted to do and I've got to do it. And there's a lot of people out there that don't really care for their jobs yeah, or, or, or have been miserable with a boss or something like that. And, yeah. stuff. and so I feel very blessed that, 
how things have worked out for me. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you really enjoy going to work. Yes, sir. Yeah. Every day. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yes, well, and, and I would say this too. So, and, and, you know, but, but law enforcement, especially right now is not the easiest place to work, you know? And so, uh, so the fact that you enjoy what you do it helps a whole lot, but, but, uh, but, but, you know, you, so you work with a lot of other guys in the DPS, you're, you're kind of in a supervisor position with DPS. Yes, is that right? Yes, sir. So, uh, so, you know, how do you talk to your guys? Because it, this has kind of been a challenging time in a lot of ways for law enforcement. So how do you encourage your guys right now? Well, uh, it's, it's easy up here. Yeah. Uh, it, much easier. Yes. Yeah, you're uh, right. When you get South of I-20, it's a little bit more difficult, but, yeah. but up here I try to remind the guys, Hey, uh, we took this job to help people. Yeah. And, and, uh, normally when we meet people, we meet them when they're having a bad day. Exactly. Yeah. And so they're not at their best. Right. And so it's our job to help them. Yeah. And, and so, uh, we try, I try to set that mindset of, yeah. of, Hey, just remember you're not seeing them at their very best. And, and so we have to be at our best to help them. And, and I get a lot of compliments about my guys, which yeah. I'm, I'm very, I get more compliments than I do complaints. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. I can tell you that the, the, the times when I've interacted with uh, DPS have definitely not been my best days. Okay. So I've definitely not been at my best in those moments. So, and I do appreciate your guys. So let me just say that. So that's, uh, that's awesome. So, um, so Joe, uh, so one of the things we do in this podcast, one of the reasons for doing it is, mm-hmm. is to give people an opportunity to just kind of share the, their faith story. You know, how, mm-hmm. uh, how, how did you come to know Jesus? Like how, what made you decide that you wanted to surrender your heart and your life to him? You know, and, uh, and so I just kind of wanted to, uh, to, to hear that from you. Tell, tell me your faith story. How, what, what happened in your life that drew you to relationship with Christ? Well, uh, it started at a young age. Yeah. Uh, um, I, my family did not want me to be a police officer. Okay. My, uh, I'm the oldest great grandson. So okay. my great grandmother, a very devout Catholic lady, okay. <laughs> um, said that God told her I was going to be a Catholic priest. Wow. And all right. Yes. And I said, uh, grandma, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't think I am. I am called for that. Right. I, I said, I, I believe he's calling me in a different direction and this uh-huh. is where I think he's calling me to. And she yeah. said, well, Joe, you know, do you believe that, that, uh, I speak to God and I, Oh yes, grandma, if there's yeah. anybody in this world, it, it, a funny thing about her is she was the type of little lady that, you know, you hear about, they went to church every Sunday. Yeah. So in the Catholic church, they could, sometimes they'll go to church on Saturday nights. Oh, so yeah. I'd go with her. Sure. And then she'd come wake me up Sunday morning and I go, but grandma, we went last night. Well, yeah, but it was Saturday. Yeah. Time to go again. So, time to go again. <laughs> uh, so, so, uh, uh, she, uh, she was probably the the greatest influence on me. That's my awesome. uh, my mom uh, as well. She was she was also Catholic. Now my dad was Baptist. Okay, and so there was a little bit of small conflict because uh, in the Catholic Church they want to get you baptized early. Yeah, and he felt like it, I needed to make the choice myself. Yeah, right. And uh, <clears throat> so my great grandmother, my mom, kind of stuck me and got me yeah. sprinkled <laughs> without my dad's knowledge. <clears throat> But, you know, uh, that reminds me of the Napoleon. Have you seen the movie Napoleon Dynamite? Yes. Do you remember the time whenever he sneaks up behind his friend and he like dunks his head in the bowl because he wants to be baptized so they can win the wrestling match? Do you remember that? So anyway, that's what makes me. That. They snuck you in the side door, and got you baptized. That's so uh, uh, I ended up. I was in the Air Force, uh-huh. and um, it was really kind of 
um, I guess gnawing at me that I never really did it on my own. Right. So, uh, um, while I was in Hawaii, yes, I, I was stationed in North Dakota and I guess they felt bad for me. So then they transferred me to Hawaii. Praise God. Yeah, yes, that's good. And so while I was there, uh, I, uh, I went through a program and I was actually baptized Catholic, but they, uh, they did a full submersion down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a catechism. Or yes, so, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, RCIA is what they call it. Uh-huh. And, and so then uh, what, what ended up transferring me from, from uh, Catholic to, to where I am now uh-huh. is I started questioning. I started really reading the Bible a lot. Right. And um, while I was there, I, I went to Chaminade University. It's a, it's a Catholic college. Yeah, I've heard so of it. I, so I got a, deg- a degree from, from there, a two-year degree. And I ended up getting getting my uh, undergrad from Wayland. Okay, so I, I have awesome. A, associates from a Catholic one, and then I got uh, an undergrad from a Baptist one. Yeah, so yeah. I, I guess I'm weird. <laughs> um, so uh, I started questioning things like you know, uh, um, just different things that, that that the that the Catholics would talk about, and I was like, but I can't find that in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and that kind of bothered me because I, I guess. That's God's word and reading God's word. Sure. I, I felt like it should be in there. And it was like, hey, it, it seems like we're kind of man is influencing uh, opinions in here that I can't find in the Bible. Right. And it, and it was really kind of concerning me. So so I I uh, I thought maybe maybe the Catholic religion's not for me. And at the same time, I got my great grandmother in the back of my oh, ear man. going, Joe, you're going to be a priest. A priest someday. And I'm right. Like, yeah. This just isn't working. Right. And I still felt this yearning and calling to calling to law enforcement, law enforcement, which I truly believe is where I was supposed to be. I mean, 33 years. Right. So, uh, I, uh, <clears throat> I went to the Lutheran church for a while and then I went to the Methodist church right. and, um, was very active in the Methodist church and, uh, K- Kendry was also Methodist. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, we, uh, we went together and, uh, um, and then, uh, we really got plugged into the youth program uh-huh. and, uh, the, in shallow water, the largest youth program was, was at the Baptist church. Right. The youngest at that time, we really wanted to make sure she had that good base, you know, cause you don't know what's going to happen once you cut the apron strings oh, out yeah. on their own. Yeah. So you want to make sure you, you have, uh, that good base for them, that mm-hmm. good foundation. And, um, so we tried and tried at the Methodist church and it's just, it's a good church and good people. Good over people. There. Yeah. But, uh, just for the youth program was just really tough to, yeah. to, to keep kids over there. So my daughter kind of came over here by herself, our yeah. youngest. And, uh, so, um, Tanner Wilson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's a legend. Yes. A youth so, ministry legend. So, uh, Tan, uh, I, I, uh, I was coming over here because I was coming on Wednesday nights because they had bugs at that time for the guys. Okay. And so I was going to bugs. And What's, okay, bugs. What is um, that? Brothers under, is it Brothers Under God? I forgot what it stands okay, for. Okay, but now, it, so it's an acronym. Yes. You said, I was coming over here because they had bugs, and I was like, whoa, you no, should no. go the other yes. direction. Yes. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was the bugs program. It, it, uh, so on Wednesday nights and they would meet over at the chapel and, cool. and they would always have a speaker and stuff. And it was really awesome. Well, yeah. uh, Tanner comes over to me and says, Hey Joe, I need a favor. And I was like, okay, Tanner, what do you need? And he said, um, I'm, I'm short a guy in sixth grade. And he goes, look, it's just a one-time deal. You're right. like a substitute teacher. Yeah. That's all you got to do. <laughs> substitute teacher. <laughs> I was like, okay, I, I can be a substitute teacher. Yeah. Yeah. I goes, can sub it for hey, a week. Here's some notes for you. This is what we're talking about. And then we go downstairs, we do a devotional. Okay, bro, I got this. Yeah. So I do it. And then he comes to me the next week and he goes, Hey man, uh, 
can you do it again? And I was yeah. like, okay. And so a short time turned into a long time. So, yeah. so to not uh, prolong this podcast, um, <laughs> I took those guys and for some reason I ended up staying with them until they all graduated wow. high school. So, so what I, a I, I stayed with them and, and, uh, so it was like having a bunch of boys that were my sons graduate. So I went to their graduation, oh, watched them yeah. all graduate yeah. and it was, uh, I, I, uh, it was 12 of them when, yeah. when we finished and it was, uh, it was pretty awesome. And one's a banker now, one's, one's getting his MBA, one's, one's in, uh, uh, down in Austin going through DPS patrol school. Sweet. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I, um, I try to, to, um, keep up with them as best I can. Yeah. Um, one was going to be an attorney, but I think he's getting his MBA now, but yeah. we're, we're real proud of them. They're all That's so cool. All, all, uh, all doing a good job. That's what, those youth ministers are sneaky, man. You got to watch them. He's like, just yeah. one time, just one, just substitute <laughs> teacher. And then the next thing you know, you're there for six years, you know, yeah. that's yeah. crazy. That's yeah. really cool. So, um, so, so you kind of, you, you know, uh, we're, we're on this journey where you were kind of discovering uh, the, you know, your relationship with the Lord over the course of several years, sounds like, where you were, yes. you know, uh, in different places, kind of wrestling with different aspects of what it means to have faith, what it means to... So t- talk about uh, Kendra, the, Kendria. You guys, how long have y'all been married? So uh, we're, we were uh, both divorced. Okay. And uh, that, that was kind of tough for the both of us because right. the families we grew up with, divorce is just something you just don't do. Wow, and, yeah. And without talking about what our spouses did. It, sure. it was the right thing to do. But, um, we, uh, uh, so a girl she went to school with tried to, she was my secretary when I was a narcotics agent okay. in Amarillo. And yeah. she goes, Hey, you got this guy you need to meet. And she goes, Oh, what's he do? Well, he's a narcotics guy. No, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> Cause I had a mullet and a scruffy oh, face. Joe, and not a mullet. A mullet. Oh no. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Not too many photos, but yeah. Oh, praise God for that. Yes. Um, <laughs> And uh, she goes, no, I've heard things about those guys. Yeah. And, and, uh, so we, we finally met and, uh, we did not go out on a date for about 45 days. We talked on the phone a lot sure. and talked about our kids. Yeah. Right. Talked, um, um, we both realized, uh, that we were Christian yeah. and, and had a good faith. And, um, so, um, I thought, I, I think that kind of helped bring us together too. And, yeah. and we dated f- because we really wanted to make sure that, that we were doing the right thing. So we dated for a long time. We, between dating and being engaged, it took two and a half years before we got married. Right. Right. Uh, Cause you know, we got baggage with us, right? We got three kids. Exactly. And I was so, going to, I was going to ask you about this. How old were your kids whenever that was going on? Um, shy was the youngest and she was four. Okay. She was four. And then, uh, Brent was probably 10 or 11. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, anytime that, that those kids are involved, you, you're wanting to make sure that you're, you know, that mm-hmm. you're because that decision affects them, you know, it, it does, in a it does. Huge and, way. And, and, you know, when we, it, I think we kind of went through that, that transition where we had some shame and a right. lot of frustration yes. and embarrassment and yeah. everything you can imagine. Right. It's the cycle. It's almost like grieving. Yeah, of it is. Death. It's, it was, yeah. it was a cycle for the, and we, but we took our time and, and, mm. uh, we did premarital counseling. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a big, uh, big proponent of that. Yeah, so absolutely. we did that and everything. Yeah. And, and how long have you guys been married? Uh, 21 years. 21 years, man. That's yeah. awesome. 
what a blessing. You know, yes. that's very cool. Yes, I, uh, um, she gets upset with me when I mentioned it in our Sunday school class, but I said, uh, the great theologian Garth Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> His song, you know, unanswered prayers. Sometimes I thank God. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I was like, if it, you know, because I, I questioned, I was like, why, why is this happening? I was a trooper in Groom, Texas, right. where they got the big cross at. And yeah, I was yeah. Like, I was like, Lord, I just don't understand what I did wrong. And I, and I, yeah. I questioned. I was like, I just, I never got upset with him, but I just questioned him a lot. Like, sure. why, why would this happen? What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Yeah. And, and uh, it took a, it took a long time. Uh, for me to get over and Kendria went on an Emmaus walk a long, long time ago. Right. And she kept pushing me to go on an Emmaus walk. And I yeah. was like, that sounds like a cult. <laughs> uh, what do you people? Cause they're very secretive. Yeah, it is. Were. Yeah. Because, because of what happens at them, they, right. you know, they, they, they don't want to let everybody know what's going on because otherwise if you went and you knew what was going to happen, it wouldn't be as special. Right. So they right. do keep it close. And so, so I was like, I just, I don't know. And, yeah. and I kept coming up with all these excuses not to go. So, um, she, she kept, kept urging me to go. So finally that, that kind of reminds me of what Joe Kirk had said, uh-huh. but I, I'd said, okay, God, it, it, here's the deal. You don't cut deals with God because right. if you do, you better stick to him. That's right. So yeah. I said, okay, God, I'll tell you what, if, if, uh, if somebody from our church comes up and tells me I should, I should go, not my wife, right. but somebody, somebody else, else tell me I should go to, to, uh, to a mass walk. I'll, I'll go on the very next one. It was not 12 hours later. <laughs> Stephanie, I still remember it. Stephanie McCall and uh-huh. I were praying together yeah. because they were going to start a nursery at the Methodist church. And, and somehow we got on the conversation about a mass walk and I said, well, I've, I've never really been. And she goes, I, th- I just thought you'd been, Joe. And I said, no, I haven't been. She goes, well, here's an application. You need to go. Wow. And so... I so can't... she didn't just say you should go. She handed you an application to go. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> and and so I come home and my and Kendra says, what are you doing? I said, I got to fill out this application. Apparently, I'm going on a Mesa. Yeah. I, I cut a deal with God and, and he <laughs> called me on it. And... and uh, and she she just started crying because yeah. she's wanted me to go for so long. And so right. so uh, I I I told her that that was definitely the a man's walk. I believe in God's timing, yes, and not my timing, exactly. And and there, for whatever reason, that's the one he wanted me to go on. Right there, there were actually people there on that walk I knew that wow. I had no idea that had been on the man's walk. Right, and um, uh, I still remember when it happened. But Saturday night. Um, we're in the chapel in Slayton uh-huh. and, um, I I'm alone and I'm praying and I said, God, I, I, I've got to, I've got to let this hate go. Yeah. I've got, I've got to let this hate, this hate with my ex-wife go. Right. I, I've, I, I, I don't know what to do. And I think it's, I think it's ruining my relationship with Kendria. I yeah. thought it w- we had a great relationship, but I want it to be even better and stronger. Sure. Cause I said, I got this hate and I, and I, and I can't let go of it. And I, and I want to have a good relationship with my children. Right. And so, uh, it, it was like, if you can imagine carrying around a pallet of bricks, yeah. cinder blocks on your back and God just like took a crane and removed him immediately when I wow. said that. Yeah. And it was like, I just felt like a totally different person. Yeah. Like after that. Yeah. That's awesome. I think there, there really is when we've been hurt, you know, uh, that, you know, the, that wound, you know, from that, because those are the deepest wounds, right? Mm-hmm. The ones you receive from somebody that you love, right? Uh, and when we've been hurt, uh, man, we care, we do, we carry around 
we carry around anger and bitterness in, in our hearts sometimes, even when we don't even know it, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, it's amazing how the Lord will take us to a place where He can reveal that to us. Look at what you're carrying around. Like, look at what you're, you know, let me take that from you. Let me, look, give that to me. Let me let me take that from you. That's awesome. And it was, it was like God was telling me, I've been waiting for you to do this for oh, years. Yeah. For years, uh, yeah, Joe. Yeah. And, and all that, all that uh, extra effort that you had to put in and stuff. And then um, going back to my great grandmother. So what, when you go, they, they give you some talks. Sure. And one of the talks was um, priesthood of believers. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I heard that talk, it, 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 it just kind of like knocked me upside the head. Uh-huh. And so I st- basically I got back to what my grandmother said, Joe, you're going to be a priest. Well, yeah. she was right. right. Now I'm not a Catholic priest, right? but I try to share my faith with others. Mm-hmm. Um, whether, and whether I've done a sermon a couple times when the pastors have been gone sure. or with, with the youth for, for six years yeah. or going on mission trips with the youth and things like that. And, right. And, um, so I'm, I, you know, we're, we're, we're all called exactly to, to share that faith. And it's just a matter. And I guess I, I'd never really, I was like, well, that's their job. That's a clergyman's yes. job. And, right. I, and after hearing that, it was like, Joe, your great grandmother was telling you that when you were six years right, old, right. you just weren't ready to listen to That's it. That's right. Yeah, so. you know, for, for those of you who are listening, pre, priesthood of the believer is uh, a, a, just kind of a I don't know what you call it doctrine. Maybe it's a, it's a Baptist essential, but a lot of other denominations also carried around. But uh, priesthood of the believer means that that all of us who have surrendered our heart and our lives to Christ, we're, we're priests in, in the sense that our our vocation. Our calling is to, first of all, bring glory and honor to God, and then second of all, to reflect His glory into the world. And so uh, that's what a priest does. A priest stands between God and God's creation and reflects the praise of creation to God and then also embodies the character of God for the creation. And so uh, and so we get to be that kind of emissary between God and His creation. And so that's what, a, that's what a priest does. Well, for those of us who have received Christ, who've turned, turned our heart and our life over to Christ, the Holy Spirit fills us that every believer, every believer has that priestly function to embody mm-hmm. God's character in the world and to demonstrate his love for the people around us. And so what a cool thing. Your grandmother was right the whole time. That's yep. awesome. Yep. That's, and it, and and I was a trooper at the foot of the cross and groom. Yeah. And then, and then my great yes, so I always kind of joke about that. That's so. awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. You know, the, those walk walk to Emmaus already in one of our podcasts, you know, Roxanne St. Clair talked yes. about that's she surrendered her heart and her life to Christ, you know, at a walk to Emmaus. And uh, and so those have figured really prominently in the in the in the faith stories of a lot of the people that we've talked to. So that's really awesome. What a powerful ministry that the walk to Emmaus has. It, it does. It, it it really does, and it, and I think it changed my life. So yeah, absolutely. To be able to lay down that hurt and heartache and everything. And one another thing that you mentioned earlier is you talked about kind of walking through all the stages of grief, and but even like uh, you know shame, you know, and and uh, and and dealing with that in your own life after after your divorce, you know, um, boy, to have all of that stuff you know, taken off of you by the Lord and, uh, and to be able to release all that to him, you're right. That's, that's, that's life changing. That's, you know, that's completely, uh, a completely, uh, amazing transformative experience to have with the Lord for sure. So, um, 
so talk about because Joe, let's be honest, right? There's I know that there's some people listening to the podcast who they've walked some of your same journey. Okay, maybe they maybe they've recently been through a divorce, or maybe they're going through one right now. You know, mm-hmm. um, as a person who's kind of walked through that and experienced God's grace, kind of in the midst of it, what, what would you say to a person who uh, who's on that journey right now, who's going through that kind of painful situation in their life right now? Well, um, believe it or not, there's there's people in this world just like you that have experienced are experiencing exactly what you're experiencing now, yeah. and and I I assure you. God loves you. He, right. there is no one in this world that loves you more than God. And once you, you realize that and you accept that, that he accepts you for who you are. Well, we talked about that in our Sunday school class today with all, all the, the, the blemishes we have in life, right. what infirmities or, or just weaknesses that we have in our life that, that he created us. Yeah. And he loves us no matter what. Yeah. No matter what. Even if we've made bad decisions. Right. He still loves us. Yeah. I mean, you know, look at David. Oh, I mean, man. he was a man after God's own heart and he did some really terrible things. Bad yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Bad stuff. Like like the top couple of things on the list yes. of bad things yes. you can do. Yeah. Yes. So. And and so uh every t- and, and and I'm a big King David fan and I think I I I uh I realized, hey, look, look at the stuff he did. And Joe, you've you've done some goofy stuff, but God still loves you because he loved David. Sure. And where's your heart at? Is if your heart's chasing after God. So yeah. um, Yeah, but uh he I guarantee you there's nothing you've done that God will not not love you for, not forgive you for. Yeah. If all you do is have to just say, please God forgive me and Right. He will. He does. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's such a good word. I, I I love that. There's there's nothing there's nothing you you've done that will make God stop loving you. Right? Right. So he you can't you cannot you cannot cause God to stop loving you. And boy, that's that is a good a good truth because I I know it just in my life uh, some of the roads that I've walked out there have been periods in my life where I thought well you know. That's that's it right there. I mean, how 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 can God use me after this, or how can God love me? You know, after walking through that, you know, and uh, and and I've realized the same thing that you have, Joe. Like, you know, the Lord has never stopped pursuing me. He's never stopped loving me. And if you're out there listening right now, no matter how far you feel away from God right now, He He has not stopped loving you or pursuing you. He still wants a relationship with you, and uh, and and even now. In the midst of whatever it is that you're in right now, even now, if you'll turn to him, he'll he'll draw you back into relationship with himself. That's good. I we we're in a we're, uh, there's a series in the dark where we're talking about the last hours of Jesus's life that 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 really dark night right before he was crucified and he wrestled with some things that that we often wrestle with in our life and uh, uh, you know all, all kinds of different things that 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 um, make us feel like we're lost like we're uh, like like we we don't know where to go like anxious afraid like we're in the dark you know mm-hmm. and uh and uh one of one of the things you know that we're going that we talk about is that you know Jesus was betrayed i mean his friend right Judas was close to him his one of the disciples you know uh leads the troops you know to him the the police officers whatever from the sanhedrin leads them to him and then and then identifies him by coming up and greeting him rabbi and giving him a kiss on the cheek like all of the things that you do for a friend you know 
and or someone you respect a lot. So that that kind of hurt and heartache can really make us feel lost in the dark. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When somebody does something like that. And uh, but to know that and and the, the same thing happens a lot of times in our relationships. You know, it can happen in our marriages where someone that we really close to those are the people that can hurt us the most. Honestly, you know. Mm-hmm. And to know that we have a Savior who's walked through that, who's felt that same thing, you know, uh, I don't know. That means a lot to me. I don't, to know that Jesus experienced a lot of the same pain and heartache that I've experienced, that means a lot to me. It does, that, that he came in human flesh, and, yeah. and yes, that he experienced and, it was, and had the same, temp, same, same temptations thrown at him. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. It just it 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 makes it better because it's you know how how hard is it when people go well you've never you've never experienced this yes so you really don't know what you I really feel. don't know yeah but Jesus did yeah he did and uh, the that dark dark night of the soul when you you know uh, the first, that that whole passage begins with him with him saying to his disciples hey stay awake and pray with me because my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Like, I'm so sad. I feel like I'm going to die. That's what he told his disciples. And I don't know, Joe, I don't know about you, but I've, I've felt my, that my, my soul was crushed to the point of grief at some times in my life, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, to know that Jesus was there too, he's been there too, I mean, that's pretty powerful. Yes. You know, pretty powerful. So... um so you know you've kind of talked about your journey, how you kind of how you kind of made that you know how you journeyed to that surrender in your life to Christ and really and really following after Him and some mile marker kind of moments you know walk to Emmaus and things like that. So, but but right now, uh, what do you feel like the the Lord is showing you, revealing to you about Himself right now in your life? Well, uh, so probably within the last year, uh, Kendry and I were praying because we felt like. We needed to get plugged back in, which we had seen, you know, when you have committees and you're on committees, sometimes (laughs) they don't go the way they should. (laughs) I'm trying to find nice. That's a good, I Um, I appreciate it. It's very delicately put. Thank you. (laughs) Um, And uh, so we, we decided to kind of step away from all of that uh, because, uh, um, you know, we, we, we believe in loving people sure. and, and, uh, if we have somebody that comes through the doors that they, they're, I don't care if they're in rags, right. We, we need to love them Absolutely. and not judge them. Yeah. And so, uh, Kendra and I had decided we better take a step back for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so it was really kind of getting on both of us. We were praying about it. And, um, so we started doing some greeting at the front Yeah, and man, we got some sweet people at this church because we do. I bet you I've been hugged a lot <laughs> by, by, uh, by a lot of the little old ladies yeah. and, and uh, they're just the sweetest people ever. And they, they always got a smile on their face and they're yeah. just so happy when you open up the door for them. Uh-huh. Well, while we were doing that, Joe Kirk, yeah. uh, was also a greeter, was also yeah. a greeter and he loves to greet. Yeah. Um, and by the way, if you're listening, Joe Kirk Smith We've we've had him on a previous episode of the podcast, and he talks about how much he loved to greet. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and find yes. Joe Kirk Smith and listen to that too. But anyway, go, keep going. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, and uh, so we we were visiting one day, and uh, Joe Kirk comes up to me and he says, "Hey, I got a I got an opportunity for you." Yeah. And I was like, "Okay." Those are dangerous words, aren't yes. they? <laughs> and, opportunity um, for you. And so he uh, 
he had said that Angie and him were starting a marriage maintenance class. Yes. And so we were going to their girl group class, okay. the, com, the com girl group. Yeah. And we were really enjoying it. And uh, Joe Kirk says, look, we're, God's called me to do this marriage maintenance class and I have to have somebody. We, uh, and Joe Kirk and I agree on this. We're not teachers. We're facilitators. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, he said, Hey, look, I prayed about it and, uh, oh, I, I need you to really pray about it with Kendria and consider it. Yeah. So uh, Kendria saw me talking to Joe Kirk and uh-huh. she goes, what was that about? So yeah. Said, well, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> And so, well, we ate dinner and we, her, I told her and I said, Hey, we need to pray on this. She goes, well, Joe Kirk told you, not me. And I said, no, no, this is a team. That's right. This is yeah. a team thing. Cause a- Angie goes with Joe Kirk. So yeah, yeah. you got to come with me. Right. And, uh, so we prayed about it and I went back and told Joe Kirk, I said, I said, okay. I said, I think he's nudging me that it's time to, mm-hmm. to, to quit being a pew sitter as a yeah. to him, <laughs> and, and to actually, uh, get involved. Right. And, um, so I said, okay, I'll, uh, uh, Kendra and I'll do it. Yeah. And, and yeah. so, um, so we, we have, and, and, uh, um, for the, I'm, I guess I'm the lead facilitator, but Kendria really helps me a lot. She's a great co-pilot. Yes. And yeah. then, um, I'm also, um, on the, uh, safety and security team. Yes. So, so when my rotation comes around for that, I go here, honey. And yeah. Then, and then she takes the ball all by herself. That's awesome. But, yeah. but our class is so good that it, they kind of teach themselves. Right. Um, You're a facilitator. Yes. Right. So yeah. you just ask a couple of questions and uh-huh. then you just kind of get out of the way and let them talk. That's good. So, That's yeah. good. Yeah. That's good. So, so like stepping into that kind of, uh, that's been really enriching for you guys to step into that kind of leadership role in that way. It has, it's, it, it was, I was a little nervous at first, um, because I was like, man, uh, uh doing youth was one thing. I, I, I guess I got the Buffalo in on them when they were in sixth grade. So <laughs> by the time they were seniors, they were used to, we were used to each other. Right. But I'm thinking these are adults. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It's going to be totally different. Right. And, um, but you know what? They were great. They were so great. They loved Angie and Joe Kirk, but it was like, they go, oh, Joe and Kendra are taking over. Well, yeah. that's awesome. Well, and I you mean, guys knew them already too because yes, you've been going there because we've been going yeah. there. And so they're they're just they're just sweet people and uh-huh. uh, and and they make it fun and and uh, I think we pray for each other. Sure. We're really big on that. That's the first thing uh, we try to do is is go through prayer concerns. And so we sometimes we don't get through the whole lesson because we focus so much on prayer. But, yeah. But hey, if if somebody needs it we figure that's what absolutely. we're there for. So, yeah, so we, we focus on that and, and we hold each other accountable. Yeah. Um, cause, because we'll, we'll bring up like last week's prayer concerns and it's like, Hey, how's that going? And right. Hey, are you still having problems there? And, and, and they hold me accountable, uh, to be there. Cause yeah. my presence, whether you know it or not, your presence is needed. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and, and, and they hold, they hold me accountable to, to, to be there. And, and, um, it's just a great group. I, I, Kendra and I feel extremely blessed to, to, to get to be with them. Yeah. I, I love it that, you know, both, there's both these times when you were kind of, pl- you know, plugged into ministry, you know, uh, Tanner comes to you and he's like, Hey, I've got this great opportunity for you. You know, <laughs> Joe Kirk's like, I got this great opportunity for you. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, just having a willing spirit to, you know, to be able to, if that's the direction that the Holy Spirit's going, man, I'm ready to go. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. You know, that's awesome. Well, the, you know, the Lord, the Lord speaks to us in different ways. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's another person knocking on your door yes. or giving you an email or a text message or a phone call 
or something like that, or, or bringing you a hot apple pie. Yeah. So that's right. What, whatever it is, there's different forms of communication and, and all of them are sent by God. I truly yeah. believe that. No so, doubt. so like when the Tanner thing happened, uh-huh. I think, I think God was like, Joe, it's, it's time for you to do this. Sure. And then the same thing with, with where, where Kendra and I are now, I, I truly believe that, that God used Joe Kirk and said, Hey, go have a little visit with Joe. This is yeah. what he needs to do. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, frankly, that's why, that's why, you know, I talk a lot about uh, how God has created us for community, and and there's really no way for us to grow, and there's no way for us to be who God created us to be, without apart from community. We need the body of Christ around us in order for us to become everything that God's created us to be, and I, that's part of the that's part of the reason when. Because that's one of the primary ways. The Holy Spirit speaks to us through Scripture, you know, speaks to us even through creation. But but one way that the Holy Spirit loves to speak to us is through other people. Mm -hmm. You know, their example, but also sometimes they're just their words, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, coming to us and and telling us uh, about something, an area in our life we don't see, or uh, something that we need to to do or accomplish or, or a gift that God has given us that, that we don't really notice or we're not using. Uh, he uses other people to speak that into us, doesn't he? Yes. So, uh, so I agree with that. And I, I, and I think that's one of the great things about the grow groups is that, you know, you get together with this group of people and you do life together and that's kind of, that starts to happen where, you know, where the Holy Spirit, you know, speaks to this person, uh, 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 and and that person gets to share some of that with this person, and that person shares it with this person, and before you know it, like, we're all, you know, growing and, and loving on each other and seeking after the Lord together, which is, that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. That's the, I tell people too, that's the engine of growth in our church. Like, that's where life change happens. But you, Sunday morning's fun. Like, the, our worship center, our worship service, you know, from 1030 to, uh, to 1145, that's fun. It's good. And it's important, right? We, we really practice, you know, living out our faith there. But that's not, the, that's not the engine of transformation in our church. That's not where real life change and real growth happens. Real life change happens in these grow groups. Yes. So. Yes. And, 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 and getting plugged in and doing service stuff. I, I, I'm yeah. reading a book. That's uh, true. John, John Maxwell. Oh, yeah. Uh, change Your World. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. That first of all, that guy is a book writer, right? Um, <laughs> He's written about a million, a million, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, he uh, once a year uh, he does about a four hour little uh, uh, seminar, uh-huh. um, and and I this this year's the first one I've missed, um, and I don't know uh, where I was at, but uh-huh. unfortunately, oh, I, I remember our instructor got COVID. Oh yeah, so, yeah. So, so we couldn't have it, but uh-huh. um, uh, it's called Live to Lead. Okay, and um, he discussed that book. And, and so, uh, I, I told Kendra, I said, Hey, if you're looking to get me a Christmas gift, Mm -hmm. I think I need this book. And, and, uh, him and another gentleman are writing it together. And, 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 uh, a lot of the stuff that they discuss in there is like just stuff that you don't have to travel to Africa to make a difference. You don't have to travel to the Ukraine to make a difference. You can make a difference in shallow water, Texas. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, uh, one, one of the guys was a business guy and, and for whatever reason, he took a different way to work and didn't understand, I guess he never realized in his own neighborhood, the poverty level right. and, and how terrible it was. So he went in and talked to his, all his folks and, and they started working in the community on the block that they worked at Yeah, and they changed it. All these kids that, you know, end up 
going to the prison or yeah, end right. up dying a, a, an early death because you statistically, you yeah, know, crime. Well, yes, because of crime and everything. Well, they uh, they started working with them and uh, and helping them a lot of single parents uh-huh. raising children. So they started helping the single parents get jobs, and they started helping the kids with their education and stuff. Sure. And and that community is now different just be just because the guy took the wrong a way going way. to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, that's true. I I, I really do think I, I'll tell you this story. When one day I was driving to work, just true story. Driving to work, and I was taking. We lived in Tulsa, so I'm taking the exit to go to, to go to work. And as I took the exit, like I was, I was kind of driving down the road, and right out of the corner of my eye, I saw this. I kind of just saw a dog, a dog right over on the side of the road. I didn't see it real close, but I just saw its head raise up. I could tell it was a big dog, though, you know. Uh, but I didn't know what kind of dog, anything. I was just driving by. I barely saw it, you know. So anyway, so I'm driving to work, same way I go every day, you know driving to work, and I just felt the Lord, and this is not me, okay, but I felt the Lord telling me that I was supposed to go back and check on this dog, <laughs> okay? Joe, I am, I love dogs, okay, but I don't approach often large unknown dogs, okay? <laughs> I don't do that, but but the, I, the, I couldn't get it out of my head, so I remember I went back, uh, and it was, you know, at the end of an exit ramp, right? So I had to park at the bottom of it and walk up and it kind of curved around. So I couldn't see the dog until I got around the curve, almost on top of where the dog was, you know? So when I, I turned that corner, I could see it and, uh, was laying with his back to me. I could see every bone in the dog's body, like just emaciated, you know? Um, and, and I didn't want to approach it cause I didn't know what was going on, mm-hmm. you know? So I knelt down and I was like, Hey, you know? Are you okay? You know, and that I'll never forget this. Dog just looked at me, and and tried to walk to me, like tried to get up and walk over to me, but collapsed. You know, and and then just reached, you know, reached her head out as close as she, as far as she could. You know, in my direction, like please help me. You know what I mean? That's why. Anyway, so I didn't know what to do. Like I'm calling. Is there a? I called Amy and I was like, "Is there an animal ambulance?" I mean, because <laughs> because it, it looked like maybe she'd been hit by a car. The dog, you know, I didn't know. Okay, all right. So before we were so rudely interrupted, Joe, I was telling you, the dog, the dog. I walk up on the dog. Dog's completely emaciated. Like stretched her head out. Like, please help me. I'm on the phone with my wife. Like, what do I? What am I supposed to do? And I noticed that there's a car backing back up. They pass me, but they're backing back up the exit ramp, like at a high rate of speed, you know, (laughs) coming back up the exit ramp. And this dude, he rolls down his, there's like four people in the car, four or five people in the car, rolls down his window. Hey, is that dog hurt? And I was like, yeah, I think she's been hit by a car. And he was like, immediately all the doors flew open. These people jumped out. This guy comes down with me, right? He's like, "Here, pick her up. You know, help me." And I'm so I'm picking her. I'm picking her back, you know, legs up, and he's picking her head up. And when we pick her up, you know, it hurts her, right? Because she's been, you know, and she like, you know, nicks his hand, and he's like, he doesn't even care. He's bleeding. He's carrying this dog, you know. Throws her in the car. I'm taking her to my vet, you know, and takes off, you know. <laughs> And I was like, "What just happened?" You know. So, so anyway, I didn't even, I didn't really, but the whole, I couldn't get this dog out of my mind. Okay, that was a real thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, he had told me what vet he was taking her to. So I was like, "Okay." So I called the vet, checked in on the dog, blah blah blah. Make a, to, anyway to make a long story short. Okay, um, that dog had to have several surgeries. She weighed sixty six pounds. She's a she's a mastiff. 
eight, right. She weighed 66 pounds at this time. Um, the, the vet said that, you know, if she had been out there another 24 hours, she would have died. She'd probably been laying there. This is the point I want to get to. She'd probably been laying there for two weeks and wow. unable to move because she'd been hit by a car. And if really, if it hadn't rained during the week, she wouldn't have survived. But uh, but it had rained, and so she had had water to drink. But he said she'd probably been laying for two weeks. I drove past this dog every day for two weeks and never even saw her, you know. Uh, to make a really long story really short, uh, that that dog ended up, we ended up bringing that dog home with us. Her name was Maggie. She lived with us for seven years. She eventually died of cancer, but um, but she was a precious member of our family. We were so grateful for her. But that blessing never would have happened if I hadn't if I hadn't happened to see her. Right, I, I drove every day, but my eyes weren't open mm-hmm. to what was happening, like literally right there next to me. You know. And I think a lot of us live our lives that way, Joe. We, you know, like the guy you were talking about, John Maxwell was talking about, he's driving to work every day, but, but he just one day happens to go different, a different way. And when he went that different way, because you don't know where you are, right? You're looking, you know, you're looking around, what's going on here? And he sees all these things he's never seen before. And, uh, and if the Holy Spirit could open up our eyes to the hurt and the heartache and everything else that's going on all around us, you know what could what could the Lord do? You know if we if we if we would just open our eyes and see what's going on around us, mm-hmm. no doubt. So, man, so yeah, so that's what I try to do in my life all the time. How can I, uh, God, give me eyes to see what you want me to see right now in this moment? You know, and gosh, for you, like you know, and your guys who are DPS guys, you know, uh, they they you don't they don't have to look very hard for brokenness and for hurt in the world. I mean, it's right up in front of them a lot of times, isn't it? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> uh, a quick story. I uh, I was a lieutenant while we I had just transferred here. Yeah. And uh, one of my guys, uh, they said, "Hey, uh, we're going to run this search warrant, and uh, these people are selling meth." And I was like, "Okay." And so it's an older gentleman with a very young girl. Okay. And she she was. She was 21, but barely 21. And so she's sitting there in handcuffs. She's like 90 something pounds soaking wet because she's been taking meth. And, uh, so I'm, I'm talking to her and I'm asking her questions and, and she just starts crying because she was going to tech and and flunked out of tech and her, and and she felt like her mom didn't love her. Sure. Her dad didn't love her, that her parents were divorced. and, And so she, uh, she had no support system. And so she gets hooked up with this guy that she didn't need to be hooked up with. And, um, I, uh, all I know is I had to be really careful, Yeah, (laughs) but, uh, I, I told her, I was like, look, uh, basically what I told her, uh, was you need Jesus. I was like, somebody loves you and, and he, and he's there for you. You just, you just don't know he's there. And, and I'm sorry that your mom's treating you this way. And I'm sorry, your dad's treating you this way, but this guy, he won't treat you that way. That's right. He, he loves you. Yeah. And, um, anyway, supposedly she got the last time I checked, it's been a few years, but she got some help and went to rehab and, and kind of got her life turned around. Yeah. So, yeah. And you know, those folks are all around us all the time. Yes. And you don't have any idea what's going on in somebody else's life or what kind of hurt they're, they're kind of walking through. And, uh, and so the opportunity to just be the hands and feet of Christ and, and to, you know, show his love to somebody else, man, that's, that's good stuff. But we, but you're right. Like you, you have to be willing to see it, 
you know, mm-hmm. you can go with through your life with blinders on and not and not realize that that's going on because you're focused on your own stuff, what's happening in your own life, and you know, and, and a lot of times we just don't we just don't see it. So that's true, man. Well, listen, I really appreciate you hanging out with me, uh, Joe. This is a lot of fun. It's been so fun to get to know you and Kendry. So uh, it's clear that the Lord is at work in y'all's lives and, um, and what a blessing you are to our church. And so it's been really good to get to know you and uh, and I've enjoyed spending some time with you today. So uh, if you're listening, uh, those of you listening on the podcast, um, we, I hope I hope that you've been encouraged a little bit by Joe's, uh, Joe's story and hope, hope, I hope you're encouraged to look for the people who are hurting around you, you know, Um, but also to remember that, that, that there's nothing that you and I can do that cause, that could cause God to stop loving us. So that's a good, that was a good truth, uh, Joe. Thank you for reminding us of of that. That's a good thing. And if you don't know what that looks like or what that means, uh, if you'd like to know more about uh, the love of Christ and and what it means that we talked about, you know, surrendering our heart and life to Christ and giving our hearts to Christ. If you're out there listening, and you'd like to know more about what that means. Um, we'd love for you to uh, reach out to us. You can, if you go to firstshallowwater.org, there's a connect card on there that you can open up and fill out and you can type in there, you know, hey, I'd like, you know, uh, I'd like to know more about Jesus or whatever, and we will we'll reach out to you and 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 follow up with you. We'd love to talk to you about that. Also, uh, I'm, my, I'm the pastor. I'm Brad Miles. My email address is on there. You're <laughs> welcome to email me. You can call the church. Our phone number is on the website too. Call us. Uh, but but if there's any way, if we would love nothing more than to, than to share with you the love of Christ and and uh, how much he cares for you and what he wants to do in your life. We'd love that. So um, so, uh, so, give us a shout out if we can help you in any way with that. All right. And uh, uh, so uh, if you see Joe out there, you know, make sure you uh, give him a, a high five and tell him that, that you appreciate him. <laughs> so you're welcome to visit uh, the class. What, 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 what room number do you guys, do you know? <laughs> Nobody knows it's, room numbers. It's not, no, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> you go up the stairs and you turn left to go all the way to the end of the hall. And that's yeah. where we're, we're usually the loudest. The loudest class. That's good. Yes, because we're good. having fun. <laughs> What's the name of it again? Calm. Calm class. C A L M. So C-A-L-M. if you walk in the front doors at 9 15, 9 30, that's when our grow groups start. If you walk into the front doors of the church, you can ask whoever the greeter is for the calm class. They'll take you right where you need to go. That's a good group of folks. You'll want to visit up there sometime. Uh, but we really appreciate you joining us for the podcast today. I hope you have a great week. Make sure you go back. If this is your first experience with the podcast, your first story that you've listened to, go back and listen to some other ones. There's some great ones. We talked about Roxanne. And St. Clair's, yes. and uh, and just uh, her experience with Walk to Emmaus and uh, Joe Kirk Smith. We talked about them. That's a couple of great ones that you could go listen to. I'm sure that the Lord would uh, would 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 be able to encourage you through both of those. But but go back and listen to some other ones, and uh, and I think we think you'll be encouraged and, and, and uplifted by that. But uh, but make sure you check in next Wednesday because we'll have another podcast uh, coming at you next week. Every week we find interesting people as interesting. And as amazing as Joe Longway <laughs> every week, it's crazy. How do we even do that? How it's, do you do it's that? It's unbelievable <laughs> how we find amazing people everywhere each week. But uh, but uh, but make sure you check in with us next week. And, and until then, um, we'll see you around town.